Welcome to the Human Podcast. He's fitness, well-being and fun expert, Matt Boyles. And he is author, speaker and a bit of the telly, Jez Rose. Join us as we explore over 23 episodes what it means to be human as we dive into the big things that make us tick. From happiness to creativity, success, pride and love. Listen in each week to be inspired, challenged and maybe, just maybe, discover a bit more about yourself along the way. Oh my God, is that a llama? Yes, made and it's made of real llama fur. Hello. Oh, now it got sinister now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, I guess that does sound weird, doesn't it's like it? like really bad taxidermy. <laughs> here's, here's my Barbie made from human flesh. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. And of course, oh. if you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out on all of these uh, <laughs> double your fun. curios from Matt's collection. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking around. Ooh, what else have I got? Old Mr. Matt's curiosity shop. Come on in, children. I've got things to entertain the mind. <laughs> when you're a lonely old gay man that's taken over a dusty old shop on the Compton Road, that is what it's going to be. <laughs> Part drag. Yes. <laughs> Part just couldn't find anything to wear. <laughs> Welcome to Matt's old Matt, as old he Matt's. actually said. <laughs> Curiosity yeah. shop. Well, you've been calling me old for 23 episodes, so I thought I'd just embrace <laughs> it, you bitch. <laughs> Is that painting behind you? I've always wanted to know. Is that painting behind you one of the birds from Pixar? Because it looks like, you know, that Pixar animation. Is that, or is it not? It's not. Uh, it okay. is. Um, it's called, the, the bird is called Dickens. Uh, it's a Dickens print. Basically, I went, Dickens the bird. Um, <laughs> that's not, it's not, it's not an instruction. <laughs> Stop being rude. This is like the last day in school. <laughs> I know. We, oh, we're demob happy. That's what my mum would say. <laughs> uh, it, I just adore it because I love light and big skies. And even in the depths of winter, like 4pm yesterday afternoon when it's miserable outside, I can just go, look at that hopeful, big, blue, beautiful sky. I adore it. Yeah, and the the, the hopefulness of the tiny bird about to leap off the branch. I just love it. I love the fact that if you panned out... (laughs) You'd see awful things around me, a wasteland. (laughs) Yeah, you'd see a man... Holding a stick like that with a bird wired to it so it couldn't move, ready for the photo. And that <gasps> sky is probably like the, the, oh. the side of a box that happened to have a sky printed on it or something. I thought you meant pan out in my office and you'd see a wasteland. Oh. But that too, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that a little dinosaur on your side there behind you, mate? It is. I've got two of those. Uh, they're lights. They're sort of origami uh, 3D wireframe dinosaur lights. That's say that phrase to a Victorian and they'd have a conniption. Do you know what we should have done? Is perhaps spent 23 episodes as a, almost as like a therapy session, just analysing you and the stuff you've got in your office. <laughs> what, and my then, curiosity shop. We might have been at the end of the 23 episodes a bit, a little bit more insightful as to what it means to be human. <laughs> I personally do have treated this as 23 hours of free therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Unremunerated um, <laughs> torture. Um, <laughs> so this is, I cannot believe this is the end of this 23 episodes. When we first started, and it felt like 23 episodes was a really clever amount because of the 23 <laughs> pairs of chromosomes. and Yes. Uh, but I did think, gosh, that is that's quite a lot. What are we going to talk about? Uh-huh. And actually, for the last 10 or so, I think we've felt that we could talk for another hour at, at least. least on exploring stuff. Jacques it makes me think, Mr. Adorable had uh, somebody, uh, I can't remember where he got it from, but he received this sort of invitation to join a men's talking group. And it was essentially, I guess, sort of this. It was they'd take a topic and via Zoom during lockdown, you'd log on. That's cool. And everybody would kind of discuss the thing. Uh, there was a slightly odd version. So in terms of, so that's like product A. Makes yes. sense. Lovely. Very good. For a bizarre yes. product B, there was a naked talking group, right? <laughs> so it was like a, right. Okay. I'm not quite seeing the, the link between the two. Those are two very different products, right? Um, but Did he do it? Kind of. No, he didn't. No, this is neither of them. But oh. this is kind of. 
this is kind of what this has been like, really, isn't it? Over the last, you know, 23 episodes has been us asking questions and talking about stuff that actually as humans we don't <laughs> we don't no and i have been naked from the waist down as well <laughs> i mean that will come as no surprise probably to any of us uh, and i can only thank you for not standing up so you completely obscure our view um <laughs> Uh, but we are grateful both you and little matt for joining us <laughs> and you know what gratitude is i think a lovely place to start first of all thank you everyone who's been on this journey with us uh the people who join us on instagram and comment or just like or just listen because you don't need to engage any more than just listening but we're so thankful you've been with us and we hope it has been i've got to sound like i'm signing off bye it's only a five minute <laughs> yeah. podcast this week yeah. it's been eye-opening for both of us and we love the connections we've made with people all around the world which has yes. just been so brilliant i mean god bless tim berners lee and the internet i know it has some dark corners that we don't tend to but i think we've created really a really lovely thing that we share across the www i love the fact that we have people listening in uh new zealand and canada Africa and was it peru or some really bizarre sort of country that i wouldn't have imagined somebody would have listened to something like that maybe they were on holiday i don't know they might not have been a peruvian national they've got nicer things to do in peru it's a beautiful place maybe they had something to peruve to someone <laughs> oh god i mean there are some things we won't miss so mr matt i'm putting you on the spot fairly cliche i suppose for an end of series thing but also i think important reflection is one of the things that we've spoken about a lot about um a lot throughout the podcast and the importance of looking back and reflecting being grateful all that kind of jazz so what are the what are your sort of top reflection points of the series of the human podcast as you said the revelation especially over the last 10 or so episodes that actually 45 minutes or an hour doesn't even scratch the surface on these things like something you go oh knowledge or creativity oh yeah you know you can cover that off. we know what those things are no <laughs> really yeah. when you allow yourself and that's the thing when you allow yourself that breathing space to investigate these things more than we normally do because life is so fast and it's all about the new and the change and the what you can do next if you pause and allow yourself to contemplate, reflect, so many things bubble to the surface that you don't, wouldn't normally see or expect until you take that pause. And I think that's been really powerful. And I've carried that into other areas of my life because I am somewhat frenetic. You might have noticed. I like the energy and the and the jokes and the zinginess, but actually slowing down a little bit has been really good for me for my relationship for my business as well and like so we joke about this being an unremunerated therapy session but I have grown because you've challenged me and you brought things to me that I would never have thought of and people in the comments on Instagram and like all over sure. the place <laughs> I I just am, I am so grateful we did this um yeah I, I just love it and the other thing is specifically the creativity episode. I've been thinking a lot since then. And since then, I've been leaning more into my personality, leaning more into my weirdness, because I think you, people want to connect and, and with authentic people. And I've always been pretty WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get with me online. <laughs> but I, I, I even think I've been a bit, so, well, so hold on to your hats in 2022 as I get weirder. But people seem to like that. And I, and the, but the thing is, it makes me super happy to to get out all these stupid jokes and do fitness with stupid jokes like that was never allowed before, but it's happening. So I feel ever more fulfilled because of allowing me, oh God, here it comes, to be my authentic self. But it's true. It's true. I don't think you should hide from cliches, but all cliches become cliches because they're so good, right? That's yeah, yeah. the point. It's a shame they get overused without perhaps soul or substance, which is when I think mm. people start to roll their eyes. But yeah. in, in context, I think the idea of this whole project being about authenticity is is not, mm. I don't think it should be, it's, it's unashamed. No, and it's true. I think uh, your point about the, the mm. comments on Instagram are one of my big highlights, that, that people actively put finger to keyboard or finger to you know their phone and say oh my god i've never thought about that in that mm. way or gosh that's given me loads to think about or 
oh my word, that's really challenged the way I think about, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. Because we've, there's a real, I'm just scrolling through now the topics on my phone. Mm. You know, the, the subjects are so disparate. Mm. Um, I loved the episode about love. It just so happens to be the first episode on, on here. But uh, I thought that was a really wonderful thing to explore. Mm. Um, and just looking through, I think, God, all of these are so important, I think. I know. It doesn't, doesn't change the importance. But I hope people got something from the sleep thing. Um, yeah. And uh, I think, uh, you know, some of these topics, I mean, we already alluded to this, were huge. Like the differences one <coughs> last week, uh, week before last, was massive. Mm. Um, and anger, I think, is something that probably, you know, is, is something that we definitely should review more. And, think and I did more. get angry. <laughs> yeah, you do. You've got angry a few times, actually. I've never seen angry, Matt. And um, <laughs> do, you, do you think I just moulded to whatever the thing was in the lovely episode i was like oh he was just so lovely <laughs> in the sleep episode he just napped yeah me <laughs> couldn't get a word in yeah With i'm nothing snoring. if not malleable <laughs> yes yes uh yes that's on a profile somewhere so i <laughs> i um i think my greatest takeaway has been and I and I come back to this. I know we've I've said it a few times, um, but you know this whole project started when whatever it was eight months ago, a year ago. I started wondering what it meant to be human mm. and asked people, and they couldn't answer it. And I just I still can't get over <laughs> that you can exist. And you don't even know. You've never thought about it. You've never thought, oh, what does it mean to be human? Or and that's where I guess we're getting to with this episode is. So where do we end it? After 23 episodes of reflecting on what does it mean to be human and asking every week, what's the answer? You know, we, we took this as a project. We put mm. it out there. Mm. How do we answer the question, what does it mean to be human? Um, and what is the answer? What do we think the answer is, having explored 23 different, or 22 different aspects of mm. that? And I think that, for me, is the greatest, most interesting reflection of this project, is that, mm. for me... I don't think I'm any clearer. <laughs> no. Actually, uh, this is really controversial, Matt. Oh, God. I think we've been asking the wrong question. Oh, <laughs> plot twist, carry on. <laughs> I, who is it? Uh, who is anybody to tell somebody else what their life should be or what their existence should be or how it should be? Right? Mm -hmm. And that is exactly why we've had the Pol Pots and the Hitlers in the history, exactly why, on the other end of the spectrum, you've had the Mother Teresas and the Gandhis and the Me. Richard Bransons. They're not being lumped in together. They're, these are random people. Um, so maybe it isn't about what does it mean to be human because that's up to us to decide what it means for our existence. But perhaps the better question isn't that. I don't know what the better question is, but is it more about what's the best way to live your life or what's the most meaningful way to live your life mm. or or how can how can human existence be more meaningful that seems to have a bit more of an agenda though whereas yep. what does it mean to be human is you know subjective mm. but perhaps if you don't know what it means to be human because to be human is to freely think to create to love to well animals love so maybe that isn't to be human but all of those things that mm. we've spoken about are important you know mm. they are what humans are right maybe to be human is to be okay with not knowing what it is to be human mm. to know that you can't answer that question um well, it's without... a similar question to what's the meaning of life isn't it yeah it, it's a similar it question actually i mean i think it's the same it's like yeah it's two sides of the same coin and i so it does i think it comes down to personal just what it means to you. What? Oh God, it is so impossible. Ah! Well, he, Why did we start this? Right? I hate it. It's too tough. <laughs> <laughs> Please, miss, can I have an easier question? <laughs> I'd like to be in the B group. Um, Matt and Jez are too difficult to compete with in the A group. Um, here's the thing. Maybe yes. the better question and the better... Or the better takeaway, sorry, actually, not question, the better takeaway from this podcast is not a desire to or an encouragement to answer the question what does it mean to be human perhaps it's about encouraging people to question more 
to reflect more and to be more present in living. Mm. One, because then you're more in touch with the very question. You're, you're more in touch with, am I making the best of being alive while I'm alive? Mm. Am I doing, you know, am I living the life or feeling the way I want to feel mm. every day or as much as possible because to be human is to be given the gift of life, right? It's to be given the opportunity to live here. And the power to change it as well. Yes, yes. To manoeuvre and evolve purposefully. Yes. To where and how you want to be. I said that slowly because I was sort of, I, yeah, it was yeah. forming. Well, because for all of history, of course, there have been people that have invented something, uh, not always and exclusively, but have invented something in order to improve the human race, in order to yes. improve conditions or in order to enable us to earn more money easier or more quickly or in order to have better sanitation or whatever it is. Yeah. And so their very existence their contribution has been i mean look at david attenborough you know our understanding because of his body of work yeah has helped us to self-reflect and realize that environmentally we're trashing the place and we've <laughs> wiped out animals because mm. of our existence I know. um so and in fact some may argue while wiping out our species because of our behavior as well, well yes so there are you know, if you compare yourself to somebody like David Andrew or a body of work like that, mm. you don't have to achieve that same way. You have to compete <clears throat> with that output. Oh, no. But it does make you think, what can I do? What can I bring? Yeah. Well, how can I influence? To my life mm. and to those, even if it's just immediately around me. And when you see people who are intensely miserable, um, that... that have a kind of a, a, a sense of victim mentality or um, they're, they're sort of constantly in the doldrums or they mm. feel hard done by or, you know, I would argue an awful lot of that, irrespective of how it came to be. The stasis to maintain in that position is largely a mindset. It's the ability, the confidence to be able to lift and move on. And Yes, we're going to get complaints, but it, it often yeah, is yeah. A, but it often is a choice, I think, yes. to... to because you choose your emotions, even though you don't always feel you do. Yes. Oh, dear. We, we get, no, no. Look, because the last I'm more than episode happy. had hate mail. <laughs> yeah, but I'm more than happy to challenge that, right? Because yeah. I spent, I spent, you know, I've spent several periods throughout my life with intense depression. And most mm. recently, probably, the, uh, you know, a good, I don't know, kind of eight, nine months, the longest period ever in my life. Mm. Um, and and mm. there, it isn't easy to... No. to move forwards right it isn't easy to um choose to you know make that choice because you don't necessarily choose to be in it no 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 definitely don't but you can choose to to move on or to do something about it and then sometimes mm. it takes outside influence it takes all the resolve it takes support it takes continual encouragement from other people but the point is that it's a choice as to whether you stay there or whether you don't right um uh, after a while like i would say like sure I haven't had depression, so I can't comment from inside that awful box that people get trapped in. I th surely ugh, people just get bored of feeling terrible and decide, and then there has to be a conscious decision to, maybe I can do some things differently. And I know some days people can't get out of bed, and I understand that. Oh, God, I'm not having a go at the depressed community. Oh, God, this no, sounds you're awful. Not, no, no, this, uh, no, it doesn't sound awful. <laughs> okay. Because it's all, it's all literal and it's all real and it's all practical. It's fine. I know when I've had... I've had periods of lower energy and not feeling as great or whatever. And I just get bored of it because I know how happy and how good life can be. And sort of, no, and no one's going to do that. Well, okay, okay, outside influences help. But yeah, it has to come from from within. If you consciously deciding, maybe I'll, I'll do some things a bit differently. Maybe I'll go for a walk today. Like, Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this as I haven't had depression. It feels a bit like I'm preaching here and I don't want to. No, I, I was steering back to where we're, I was making it relevant to this episode because, you know, for some people it's a very long process mm. um, to get out of any state like that, whether it's mm. depression or whatever, um, any other, you know, feeling of not feeling great, whether it be through chronic illness or whatever. And you're right, you do get bored of it. Mm. But 
I think the the nub here is that it, it it isn't instant. Nothing is really really quick. It's not like one day or you know instantly you listen to something like this and go, yeah, do you know what? I should think differently about it and move yeah. on. The point is that we have our whole lifetime to. I don't know. Do what? You know, if you had a choice, if you said, right, so as from, I don't know, next week, you can choose to start all over again. What would you do differently? Oh, wow. And I reckon most people would say, be happier, worry less about money or have to worry less about money. Um, So I guess greater financial freedom Um, uh, to have, you know, spend more time with loved ones. All of those important things. It's the Mm. things that you hear old people say when they get really old and they're sort of close to, you know, passing away and they say, oh, I wish I'd live my life differently. You young people should, you Mm. know, spend more time with loved ones, worry less about, uh, you know, possessions, all this kind of jazz. Well, we get the choice to do that now. And so if you think about the context of what does it mean to be human, perhaps what it means to be human or what it should mean to be human is to have is to be more in touch with living to be more in touch with being human right with with the fact that we can be sad if we want to be we Mm. can move on if we want to we can do the thing that everyone says that we can't we can do that (laughs) yes um right it's all of those things it's an exciting electrifying smorgasbord of (laughs) i had one of those ones um did you do you want to hear a really heartwarming story always (laughs) i'm going to tell you because this episode is coming out after when i'm going to say it on my instagram live so fine there is this most amazing sloppy seconds are we (laughs) (laughs) oh now you complain so (laughs) we we have the most amazing turkish restaurant near us right oh and it's extremely successful. It's always full. It's very difficult to get a table. Uh, it's gorgeous. The food's wonderful. I've come to know the owners really well. What's it called? And Give every, them a shout out. It's called The Mad Turk in Stamford. And the one of the owners, Tolene, she, uh, we've got to know her really well. And I was, every time I go in, I learn a little bit more about her. And yesterday I learned that they came to this country as asylum seekers um, back in 2003 or something, went on to... Some of her sisters went off to Oxford University, studied in Oxford. Her brother met somebody in Peter where they took over a Turkish restaurant, became really successful, right. bought his sister, which is Talene, the owner of the Mad Turk, because they found the Mad Turk was up for sale, so they bought that one. Now they've got two really successful restaurants. They're possibly thinking about opening a third or some sort of different thing for third. It was such a heartwarming story. I was like, this is amazing. Mm. There's all these people, you know, that... That view asylum seekers as people coming in here oh. and taking over the country and Don't, yeah, you yeah. Know, stripping mm. of all resources, yada yada. Mm. They're human beings. Then there's an extra twist. It turns out I probably have to be a bit careful about what I say. <laughs> um, so her husband was in the military right. and uh, quite senior in the military in a war that we all know, and not a nice war that's been in the papers. <laughs> Yeah, like those lovely wars we have. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, sorry. Take that one. So uh, in a particular area of the world right. that uh, has been, you know, pretty, uh, pretty uh, uh, decim- decimated and it's been in the papers a lot. Now, he realised he was in charge of about 800 troops and uh, suddenly that was descaled to 300. And he realised what was going on, that they were allowing the rival country to take over. And he knew what was going to happen. So he tried to escape the country. And he got to the border and somebody recognised him because he was senior in the military. Uh, He was then detained, imprisoned for six months. Family don't know where he is. After a lot of searching and working out, they they find that he's in prison. They cobble together and pay $50,000 for his release. He's given a subpoena that says you have to leave the country within 24 hours or you'll end up in prison for 19 months. Manages to find a smuggler, smuggles him out of the country like proper, you know, in the backseat of a car under a blanket style. Crosses the border to one country, crosses the border to another, crosses the border to another through some bizarre twist of fate, has zero contact with his family because he's aware of the dangers that that would imply. Um, So the owner of this Turkish restaurant is uh, in a different country, Greece, I think, for a family wedding. And this guy happens to be there uh, because he's a friend of a friend of another friend. And they're all trying to kind of club together and, you know, build his life back together for him. And uh, they get together. Mm. And then he comes over to the UK. And I said, so what did he do? Because if you can, you know, 
speak much English, still can't speak much English. She said, well, he did anything. He worked in a car wash, stacked some shelves, mm. um, ran a like a cash and carry warehouse thing. Um, then I opened this restaurant and I said, look, do you want to come and work for me a bit? So we washed up, just pots and pans and stuff in the kitchen and progressed to chopping up salad. And the chefs trained him how to make all the traditional Turkish foods. And now he works as a chef on their off days. It's the most wonderful story about... I guess, ultimately, humanity. Mm. And that there are pockets of humanity that have remarkable privilege. But even at times when you think everything's fine, actually, this can be taken away from us, right? Mm. Or the meaning of it can be taken away from us. If you lose somebody really close, the meaning of your life changes, right? Mm. And for millions of people, and I don't know whether that will happen in our country at some point in the future... Because yeah. Lord only knows what's going on, right, with politics and invasions mm. and stuff. I mean, I woke up this morning with some horrific, like, alleged peace uh, process that the Russians have got involved in. And I mm. can't really... No, when I the don't. Russian military get involved with anything, I don't think peace processes <laughs> really <laughs> part what you of associate. <laughs> no, no, not when you read that uh, as a part of that peace process, people have been beheaded and the, uh, oh. there's a load of people that have died. It was horrific. Oh. But you think, well, here I am sat here, but what if... I was talking to my mum about it this morning. She said, you can imagine if someone kind of, you know, knocked on the door and said, you've got 24 hours, get out. Mm. Um, because is it northern Cyprus where that happened? Where like whole of There's a whole of a bit of country that was taken over by a bordering country. Right. And they were told, I think they had less than that, like two hours to get out. Oh, God. And they had to take anything they could in their bags. They were immediately displaced. All of mm. their homes and their comforts were just left. Mm. Um, and so... If anything else, this podcast for me, we've looked a lot uh, internally to us, individually. You know, mm. What does happiness mean to me? What, mm. or how does fear affect me? Uh, let's think about knowledge. But actually, we're all the same species. And whether you're Kurdish or Afghani or mm. Pakistani or Japanese, or, it doesn't matter, right? We're all the same species. Mm. And all of these things that we've spoken about over the last 22 weeks, they applied to all of us, not just individually, but collectively as a group yep. of people as well. And that really changes how you think about them. Yeah, it really does. That story is, uh, it's got everything. <laughs> it took it's a cliche, it? but it does. But, do you know, I really think it, a lot of people in the West would benefit from hearing and meeting more people like that on a more regular basis because it really puts into contrast okay i'm not undermining the problems that people have in this country poverty homelessness illness of course but for now we live in a country where you don't have to well that first bit alone when he said he realized what was happening i.e they were being undermined and he was like crap i've got to get out of here that whole i just got goosebumps uh it's so that that uh, that moment alone of we're not safe, we've got to go. And then not yep. being able to, getting caught because he's recognisable. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, that it's is... That, I mean, honestly, Mr Adorable and I were listening to it last night and mm. we both looked at each other and he said, it sounds like an episode of Homeland. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God, it's, you're still begging and, that from. Oh, but... <laughs> I know it's good. <laughs> oh, I know I'm seven years behind everyone else, but, right? <laughs> um... <laughs> And then his desire to... That is just, you know, just... I don't want to get too far down the asylum seeker route, but they're just people. They just want happiness and safety. And, like, given the chance... like what? But people go, oh, they're just scroungers coming here. Well, yes, maybe a couple are, but most people aren't. And the same, like, in Britain. Like, lots of people don't want to work here, too. Like, there's... Oh. um, Yeah. Just want opportunities. Asylum seekers are living breathing people they shouldn't be identified yeah. as asylum seekers they're displaced they're homeless they're lovers they're mm. you know mothers that etc etc but they're mm. not you know to just say oh you're an asylum seeker is like calling somebody else a human you know it's yeah. not it's not a fair sort of label so i guess you know what are we saying that i suppose over the last 22 weeks we've realized that this episode has made us think a lot more sympathetically maybe about us about me about you about our fellow humans Mm. it's encouraged us maybe to think differently about other people and appreciate that you know if you're 
in a bit of a bind thinking about how sadness or fear or happiness or love affects you and, and your relationship with it, then it does for everybody else out there as well. And and actually maybe yeah. one of the interesting points is that it affects your relationship with other people more if they haven't reflected on it. And I don't want this to come across mm-hmm. as sounding pious, but if you've listened to this, you're probably in a slightly better position than many of the people around you because yeah. you came into this podcast just like we did. We asked you the question, what does it mean to be human? And you all went, oh, God, that's a big question. Oh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Mm. And then when we said, you know, what is love? Do we need love? Should, you know, would we mm. not be better without love? All sorts of oh, gosh, I'm not going to be able to sleep now. What an amazing idea. You know, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So many different things that came up. If anything, I think that's what this journey has been, isn't it? It's been a, a really amazing reflection on on the things that we don't ask, the really important yep. questions. We just exist. We just live. And <laughs> isn't that a bit of a sadness? Yes, it is okay as well. But it, I, But I think you can start to unlock things and just be a bit more empowered by... What's okay? What Looking at these things. Okay? Just, I think just it's okay if you do just want to okay. exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a whole gamut of people out there and not everyone wants to. <laughs> Shut up. That's a Shakespearean word. I'm cultured. Gamut? Yes. You say gamut. gamut. Yeah, that's how je <laughs> says it. <laughs> you see, this is... That... <laughs> But th- do you know what? This is encapsulating what it is to be human, to have in a split second a moment of serious deep thought and then you snort laughing because you think I've said a word wrong. And I think, I think that's just such encapsulates a, a conversation thing. with me, not necessarily being human. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I hope this is giving people more power to do more of what they want, whatever that is. Yes, yes. That's a human thing. Realising... Yeah realizing the power because i think we're all more there's that amazing quote that we're not um i can't remember it marianne williamson i think it was who said we're not worried that we ultimately we're not scared that we don't have any power we're scared that we have too much power i paraphrase but it was along those lines yes um here's something interesting people could do we should probably get to book of the week but one of the (gasps) things that people could do is to write down a long list of 22 uh, points all of the subjects that we've had throughout each of the episodes in this podcast series mm. and give yourself a bit of time to think about each, whether it's a day or a week or set yourself a 22-day or 22-hour challenge. Reflect a little bit on love on your way to work tomorrow. And the next day, reflect a bit about happiness. And then the next day, think about sadness or whatever and go mm. through each of that list of topics that we've covered and have your own self-reflection time. You know, what, what comes to mind when you think about those things? And have you ever reflected or thought about your relationship with mm. knowledge or, um, you know, the different things that we've discovered? Mm. Uh, lovely. I mean, yeah, any pausing and reflecting, whether you write it down or just have a, a mental wander, I think can be really nice. I've got uh, a book of the week. <gasps> well, I've got uh, eight. I've got mm. a compendium... How I'll did ex- that happen? What, I'll explain what you, in a second. This is this is typical of the last day of <laughs> you, term, like ah. the last podcast. You just, well, I know there are rules, but because it's the last day, what are you going to do? Fire me. I'm not even wearing my <laughs> uniform. <laughs> Go on then, Matt, for the final time. For let's now. Have our, okay. <laughs> let's have our jingle. We're heading deep into ballad territory, or as Talisa used to say on The X Factor, ballad. Ballad. Oh, I love a bit of Victoria Wood. Come on. Barry okay. and Frida. Tell me what makes a human both young and your nan. Does hair on your face make the human race? Tell me what makes a human if you really can. Have we covered that? Let's ask Jez and Matt. It's Book of the week, 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 book of the week. It says repeat to fade, which I think I did. Ah, happy if? Well, that was probably the wrong question. If um, <laughs> if Barbara Streisand <laughs> yes. had um, 
as some older women do, a facial hair problem. And if she lost a little bit of weight and had another nose job, I think that could be very, very similar to something that she would put out as a sort of final, final Someone's album. Song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even looking at you, I just think, look at the touch of the... Touch, touch of the, the strides. Yeah. Do you know, I want to open um, a Barbara Streisand theme park called Barbara Streisland. <laughs> just as an aside. Uh, <laughs> so what are, you, what, are you asking for, like, people to donate or something? Yes, or? and then also <laughs> a Gladys nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of these this morning. Before Carry on. After. Hey, have you ever been to Dollywood? No, but I really want oh, to. I, me too. What a woman. Oh, we should make, maybe we should make that a little American road trip. She was my woman of the year last year, by the Jez way. Jez and Matt does Dolly. <laughs> would. Would they? They would. <laughs> Jez, have you got any books? Sing yes, Uh Give me 20 seconds. It's, it's a big one. I might need two hands. Hang on. Right. <laughs> Just... Uh, it's <laughs> a tenuous link. Oh, God. Now, I'm a big lover of history, Matt, as you well know. Obviously, a big lover of the human race as well. And uh, one of my pastimes, one of my um, passions is is magic, as they say in Spain, magica. And there is a... Um, a little bit racist. That's actually how they, how they speak. No, uh, I wasn't. One, <laughs> one of... Uh, the most prolific authors of authors that was terrible authors of history in magic is a guy called Mike Caveney and he has just released this oh, it, oh sorry I was just showing the microphone <laughs> look um, it is 100 years of soaring amazing it's the astonishing history of magic's most iconic illusion all of that there is about soaring a lady in half right? <laughs> and the history man. of people uh Stealing the illusion from other magicians and stuff. So why, on episode 23, is my book of the week soaring half? Well, firstly, because entirely selfishly, this is about us, right? And it's about the things that we've been reading, things that make us tick and all the rest of it. Now, yeah. it's not the sort of book you're going to be able to go out and buy, uh, you know, readily and easily. As far as away, you can only get it from uh, Mike in the US. Oh. It's a really heavy book. Um, oh. I think it was a about 75 pounds it's not cheap right so i suspect no one's gonna buy it um, it might end up on ebay at some point but it's about people and what you realize is that the history of the soaring in half illusion shows the human race at their absolute best and at their absolute worst it's oh, full God. of magicians stealing the trick from other people stealing right. the idea from other people claiming it's their own then suing other people so that uh because they know they're more powerful or more oh. um uh, more wealthy, so therefore yeah. they won't be able to challenge it. And they'll. It's also about sexism. There's a really strong thread in the part that I'm in at the minute that actually it came about to challenge or to support the uh, rise of uh, women's rights. And so the idea of a woman getting into a box and a man cutting her in half and then bringing <laughs> yes. it back together again, right, has sort of political messages around it. Yes. But I mean, there's tons more to this. And, and, and why would you want to improve on it? Does it show the very fact of dismembering a human body? Um, mm. Does that... Why was it popular right after World War One? Is that because we're desensitised to gruesome acts? Wow. But then, of course, it got... People got obsessed with it, and it went from this giant box to, of course, the classic David Copperfield one, which is him just laying on a table and a giant buzzsaw going through him. So yes. why, did, why are people constantly obsessed with trying to... And why this illusion? Like There have been mm. there's thousands, millions of magic tricks... Why did this one capture our attention? And why have so many magicians tried to replicate it and do it better and better? So the more I looked at it, the more I thought, do you know what? This has so much about humanity in it, about humans, about our desire to be better than other people, our desire for success. Not everybody, I appreciate that, you know, that probably lends itself more to performers and whatever, but political messages in our way that we can subtly put political... You look at Charlie Chaplin, of course, the classic him playing Hitler... Um, was yes. potentially the end of his career and turned out to be the most popular of all of the films he'd ever made. That is my book of the week this week, simply because I was reading it and thought, and I've got some in the corner of the 
the room that I'm staying in. Um, and and there are others probably more relevant. But I thought, you know what? It's the end of the series. I'm really loving this. Like, so, so loving. I'm consumer. Yeah. I'm literally pouring <clears throat> over it. And it it proved a lesson to me that the more you look at something... Sometimes, you know, for the last 22 weeks, we've been looking deeper at one topic and found so much more exciting things. And that's what this guy did. Mike Cagney looked at one magic trick and found, you know, I mean, it's absolutely huge. How would it run into, like, um, 20 seconds, like, over 400 pages of the history of one magic trick, right? Yeah. With so many plot twists and turns, because he did just that. He looked at something, looked a little bit deeper, and... If that isn't the metaphor for what this 22 weeks has been all about, yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah. You love people, that's why you like to saw them in half. <laughs> Absolutely, and I can't wait to see you next, Matt. <laughs> this is, uh, yes. Matt, you can sleep in this room. It's a very yeah. thin bed. It has a lid, but don't worry about that. No, in um, my luck, I'll get the top off. <laughs> Still yapping away, yap, yap, yap. <laughs> um... Do you know what? Why have I never realised there are no famous female magicians? Like, what? That's... What is going on? That's absurd. Well, interestingly, I just finished... This was a book I was going to do last week. I just finished a book on uh, Adelaide Herman, who probably is the most... (laughs) popular uh female magician or the most right. well known but she's been forgotten Not she wrote me. a biography oh, yeah. and it was lost in her an attic of a family members for 45 years and was oh. found just by accident and her story in 10 seconds was married to um uh, the great herman who was one of the most famous and wealthiest magicians of all time kind of vaudeville you know 1800s mm. they had their own specialist train carriages that used to carry them around and specially built and all this kind of jazz anyway um he died she took on the show, was the first ever female performing magician to have her own show, toured the country, yada, yada, yada. Alexander Herman's, oh God, nephew, I think, Leon, joined the company to take over from him, but died within a very short period of time, like literally a couple of years. So she was right. back on her own again. Then there was a big fire. The fire burnt all of her stored props and all of her animals. She had loads of animals that she kept and and they all died. Mm. She had lit. So they kept a few illusions that were salvaged, Mm. but the police wouldn't let them into this storage unit that all burnt to the ground. It's too dangerous, but thieves broke in and looted the whole lot. So she was left with literally nothing. Ah! Started all over again. She's now like 60, 70 by this point. Started all over again, then got really ill. Um, She lost all of the money because she had to repay loads of debts that Herman had and uh, and obviously all of the... uh, It was... They he didn't have insurance. He was two days overdue on one of insurance. There was a massive flood and all of the equipment was lost. It's tragic. And then uh, she carried on again but had a nervous breakdown then died like a couple of weeks later. The most remarkable life of just constantly trying to come back. And mm. uh, and now you're right, we don't. I mean, there are lots more female magicians than there were, but I don't think there's any necessarily famous ones. I can't name there. any, no. I admire that um, you really did uh, tell her life story in 10 seconds, like you promised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, if there's anything you've learned over the last 22 episodes... <laughs> you can't tell the time. <laughs> ability for keeping things short is uh, is very poor. And uh, not that many people have complained about it historically. Hey, let's, let's, let's be. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, what, is, what is your book of the week this week? Books! Compendium of oh, Books of yes, the Week. I remember. So what's better <laughs> than everything coming full circle? <gasps> ah. So what was my first book? You don't remember because you don't pay attention to anything I say. (laughs) It's fine. I can't remember your first one. What were you saying? (laughs) Um, My first book was... That was like 30 weeks ago, Matt. (laughs) I know. My first book was The Incomparable Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. Not that one. The other one. (laughs) I have to say that every time. Not the one off the telly. Uh, He has just written... No, not him. Um... He has just written the fourth Matrix, which has just come out. Oh, why did I say books? Because I think I did mention this last time. Every book he's written is a chapter in his Uber book. 
Okay. So it is still one book. Now, I've read all of them. The, I don't have the first two with me. So the first one is Number Nine Dream. The second one is Ghostwritten. Then we get to Cloud Atlas. Uh, then we get to The Thousand Autumns of Jakob de Zut. These are huge chapters. When I write a book, my <laughs> editor gets really narky if my chapters are too big. Those chapters are like they're 400 pages each. <laughs> then 600. Then The Bone Clocks. Then Slade House. And Utopia Avenue is next door because Tom's working and he's on the phone and I couldn't get it. Anyway... Why am I telling you this? Because wherever these books and stories are set, and they go from 1700s Japan, 1800s South Pacific, 1980s Worcestershire Village, hello, that's where I grew up, to way into the future, he has this incredible goosebumps-inducing knack to capture real human, I don't want to just say emotion, but experience. Like, sure. whatever's happening, whether it's transpl transplanted 300 years in the future, well, it goes to, like, 200 years in the future, and then another 200 years when there's been an apocalypse. And it's still relatable, and you still get it, and the characters live and breathe on every page. And, ah, oh, I'm so grateful I found him, and I'd, like, hurry up with another book, Mr. Mitchell! <laughs> chop, chop! I would start with Cloud Atlas because he really had honed his writing skill by then. But then go back. And what, oh yeah, sorry, th th what I mean about each book is a chapter in his Uber book. Characters pop up across time or relatives of them. Okay. So this one, uh, The Thousand Autumns of Jakob de Zut, uh, is set in Japan in the, in the 18th century. And then in Utopia Avenue, there's a someone else de Zut. In, 20, in the 1960s, living in New York. I just... And you get goosebumps when you see and you realise references yeah, 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 and jumping yeah, back yeah. and forth. And it's all about how everything is connected. And he, I know I'm waffling, but just beautiful and funny and scary and wonderful and the best author in the world ever. I think the idea that everything connected... Yeah. ...is a wonderful sort of maxim, I suppose, for this series as well. Yeah. I, do you know what that is? It, it, that's really nice. It, it really is, and I actually absolutely meant that when I brought the, all these books with their connectedness to the table. I definitely spotted that. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or if you just want a standalone one, the Slade House is look really wee, and it's about a sort. It's a haunted house story, but again, it's still grounded in. Mm. In relatability. Fiction. Yeah, and I, oh, I, I, yeah. I've read Slade House five or six times. I've read Cloud Atlas right. three times. I've read Bone Clocks twice. They're just... they if that's and they not really... a cry for help listener, I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, they reward more and more. need something to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Mr. why I Matt, put up with this. <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to say that it has been um, intolerable. Uh, it has been really really good fun the last 23 weeks have been i can't believe how quickly they've flown by yeah i i absolutely echo the fact that you've challenged me and encouraged me to think about things differently and you push back on some really interesting things because if that if nothing else you know i said to you i think really early on that one of the most exciting things in life for me is learning that i'm wrong about something because mm. i suddenly think oh wow like i thought that was a thing and now it turns out it's uh, there's a load more knowledge or information or a different way of looking at it that enables me to be, you know, grow as a person. Mm. Um, I really hope that people continue to connect with these. I don't think they're timely in any particular way. I think nope. you know, it's something that people can continue to look on. But Maybe my Christmas to... jingle. That was quite timely around Christmas. The Christmas <laughs> yeah. bat, one of my favourites. It's also one of the, uh, our listeners' favourites. It did keep popping up yeah, uh, in comments. So, um, so thanks for coming on this journey with Aww, me, and thank you and for letting me into your little brain as well, and and also for your time. It's a huge commitment. Oh, I mean, vice. I mean, right back at you as well. Like, uh, and just uh, for people who uh, who won't know this, Jez does the editing, which is like another hour and a bit, hour and a half each week on top of this. So yeah, I know, okay, I write the jingles and that's probably equal as well. So like <laughs> pretty fair division of labour. Um, but I really, really have loved it. I look forward to it every time we're filming and recording and I have grown. I, you, you can't not. That's the amazing thing. When you learn something new, yeah. it changes. And also, I love 
I was reading about brain plasticity recently. I love yeah. that word. Neuroplasticity. How... Yes. Deutsch. Oh, Were you, oh, right, was it Deutsch? Uh, sure. Deutsch? Yeah, let's say that. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been an Instagram blog post. Uh, <laughs> but our brains do evolve. And with, with, with new things we learn, we have to understand yes. new perspectives and do things differently. And it's and that's okay. And yes. knowing that and knowing that it's okay to change. I think some people get trapped with, oh, I shouldn't change. I've always been this person. What if people don't like me if I change and grow? Yeah. But yeah. you'll find new if they if the people don't like you, you'll find new people who really get you. Super who yeah. super get you. Yeah. And also I think, you know, there's enough of us on this planet for, for people to find us, right? Um Give me yeah. uh, t- 20 seconds because I need to say that the T-shirts are uh, human podcast <laughs> yes. T-shirts are still available. Um, with the, it's no limited edition nonsense there. Absolutely not. I believe there's also a tote bag in there as well. Um, and Lovely. Jezrose.tmill.com. Oh, is that what they are? I was oh, literally yeah, I just, just looking to find out where yeah. they were. Oh, yeah, they are. Jezrose.tmail.com. <laughs> so you can... Well done, you, Matt, for remembering, because I didn't, and it's even got my name in it. Um, it's all right, so, yeah. <laughs> there's our lovely... In lots of different colours, they're 100% uh, organic cotton as well, and they've got lots of different... <laughs> not only the, the podcast logo, but they've got lots of different phrases on there, including Matt's... Oh, yes. <laughs> Beauty fades, dummies forever, and touch of the bear. <laughs> Which is my first well, favorite. Well, that's just it. We say we say twenty three episodes. It's twenty six because we did three test episodes, didn't we? Yeah. Back in yeah, April. That is true. God. Yeah. Yeah. This has really been a labour of love. Yeah, it's certainly been a labour. Yeah. Um, I. <laughs> and Thank I tore my perineum. <laughs> we <laughs> sorry. That's such a horrible thing to end on. I'm so so sorry. God, I'm... we must. Terribly so it sounds like you had a rough night, quite literally. I think we should wrap it up here. Yes, yes. <laughs> um thank you everybody for listening. Yes. Uh, I yes. hope you've enjoyed it. Please keep your comments coming. Uh continue to support wherever you possibly can. Yes. And uh we love let you. you know whether there's a kind of an adjunct, an appendix, an extra bit to the human podcast uh uh journey. Very soon. I I think there might be a little a little snifter of something, but we'll we'll figure that out. We've got to give the people what they want, Jez. Yeah, yeah. when we say the people, do we mean your sister? (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) Hi, Katie. Hi, Juliet. (laughs) Love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be back and doing other things at some point. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Human Podcast. Join us for more fun over on Instagram at That Human Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you're first to hear the newest episodes. And leave us a five-star review so we can help other people understand themselves and what it truly means to be human.